Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I'm chatting with Bernard Reese. Bernard believes that people need a financial empowerment before they get a financial advisor. And he can be found online helping people do that at members.reesurefinancial.com. Bernard, welcome to the podcast. Sandy, thank you so much for hosting this. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I love the conversation we had before we went live and looking forward to this discussion. I am too. And I want to share some of that conversation with our listeners. But before we get into that, could you tell us just a little about your business and your background? Glad to. Uh, By terms of training, uh, I'm a CPA I do hold securities license, insurance licenses, and many other financial designations. And what that has taught me is that what folks need, as you mentioned earlier, um, is somebody that really wants to educate them um, and that truly is educated rather than somebody that wants to sell them something. Today in the financial space, it's certainly in vogue to call yourself an advisor. Um, And everybody uses the terminology that consumers want to hear, but ultimately there's something, some way they're going to be monetizing the folks that they claim to be advising, whether they're going to be selling them a product or they're going to be monetizing them through some sort of advertising revenue. um, You are more the product than the client. And what we're trying to change and slowly chipping away at that is making it about a relationship about you and helping you and empowering you so that you know what it takes uh, and what you need before you venture into the financial marketplace. So if you are making this about a relationship with your clients, how does that work? Because it is a business. You need to put a roof over your head. You need to feed your family. You can't just be doing this out of the goodness of your heart, at least at this moment. Maybe you'll turn into a nonprofit later and be able to do that. But right now, this is your business. So how do you create relationship and still keep your business afloat? Yes. So there are the challenges of financial industry are structural. Most folks are good and well-meaning, but the structure of the financial industry creates perverse incentives. And Even folks that are advising, or maybe they're taking what they call an AUM fee, they are incentivized not to empower you. They are incentivized to try to keep you in the dark so that you feel you need their services. Uh, That's one thing that's at play. Um, The other component is, is that most folks in the financial space are primarily focused on sales. Uh, Most financial advisors spend the majority of their time on prospecting and sales, which means to say that there's not enough time spent actually doing stuff substantive for you, but also on their own advancement. So you're missing both 
the the incentives are not there's a problem with the incentives and also with the expertise you're truly getting um and this has what has the result has been whereas perhaps in the past um a well-intentioned and expert financial fellow and that may not be financial salesperson it can even be a tax professional or an attorney um they have looked for scalability uh by moving away from advising to selling paperwork or to selling stuff that they can do repeatedly and mass market. Um, and then even more people, people that don't even have that background, um, realize that, hey, this is no longer tied to really working one-on-one, really empowering, really having expertise. Um, and then they sell some of the same products. In fact, in order to put things in the right place, um, there has to be a way to monetize it. Uh, but people have to understand the dynamics um, so that they can understand what they're paying for and the value that they're getting. So what we're trying to do is provide the expertise at scale. So we'll provide, you know, we work with folks one-on-one, but we'll also provide free and paid content um, that shows and demonstrates the deeper layers that have to be considered every time um, you venture into something financial. I share real life stories of things that people were told to do by financial advisors, accountants, attorneys, and we point out why sometimes the information is incorrect and has all sorts of hidden unintended consequences and smarter, more intelligent, more compliant ways to achieve even better results. Uh, but yes, to achieve that scalability, there is a bit of trade-off. And there is a portion of it that gets monetized. So what is it that you are doing for your clients? What are your top strategies for helping your clients with their financial lives? So that actually, to say top strategies is part of what I see as the issue, right? If you go out to the financial place, there are plenty of folks that are selling some sort of bottled financial strategy. Right. And like, this is my strategy and this is what I sell to you, or I have a top three strategies. And that is part of the problem uh, because that by definition means to say that, and it's much easier to sell that um, because people like to feel like I'm buying a product, I'm buying a strategy. Uh, but if anybody is marketing their top three strategies, that means to say it is not tailored to you um, and it probably is not a good fit. Uh, so it's really about working with folks one-on-one, and there is a challenge to scaling that. So part of what we do is, yes, some folks we work with one-on-one, and that's extensive, deep, and close working together um, to work to see exactly what they need and integrate financial, tax, legal, estate planning, financial planning, investing considerations. Um, it really is in multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary. And I'll explain what I mean with that. Uh, anytime you do something in the financial world, you have to be able to address all the moving parts. Um, so it has to be comprehensive, but you also have to see how they all interact with each other. They have to be integrated. Uh, so that is something we do when we work with folks one-on-one. Uh, but even on the folks that we work with more on the group um, we know where we put out that content and we do it in group sessions. We're always, we're giving them the tools 
to empower them. We're not holding back any information. We're not selling anything to them. And we're showing them um, where they might be, be led astray and teaching them how to think about things in a way that empowers them to own it. Because that's what we really think is missing. Uh, the financial industry, whatever they call themselves, is built on not empowering you. It's built on fostering dependency uh, because many financial folks, um, if they were to share their knowledge with you, you may realize after a while, after a relatively short time, that they don't have any much more to add. But by deliberately maintaining this facade um, and fostering and feeding and creating this need and keeping you feeling weak and that's how they're able to maintain their business. Uh, now, this is not to say that we don't think folks should interact with that, with the financial industry. You must and you should, but you just need to be empowered so that you can do so on your own terms. So your, let's use the word maybe techniques, are based around one-to-one deep dive education and strategizing and group education. That's exactly it. We don't want to sell any products. Um, while I hold all these licenses, it's primarily so that we can have the access that we need. So we have the education. And it also gives us a license to, you know, gives us legitimacy, right? So if we say something, um, we're able to do the research and we have the credibility because if we want to, and I, in fact, I just had this with a client. Um, so he reached out to me. He's like, Bernard, this life insurance agent is saying I should do ABC. And I shared with him 10 reasons why he should not do that. And sometimes, you know, it's a lot of information and there's a little bit of overload and sometimes a little bit of skepticism. And he's like, Bernard, maybe you're just not making a commission here. So you're not. So I sent I sent him to a web page uh, that we've got, which actually describes the strategy in greater length and in greater detail than his life insurance salesperson. And I said, hey, you want to buy it? Buy it for me. I'm telling you that I don't think it's a good idea, uh, but if you just want to buy stuff, here's a web page, and I'm glad to sell it to you. So, what led you down the path to working this way with clients? There are two things. I think one of it is it comes down to certain traits, um, and so I don't want to make it a moral thing, although there certainly is a moral and ethical side to it. Uh, but it's also more about and I'd say more than anything, I would call myself a, a scholar and an educator. And that is really uh, what I enjoy and what I do. So whenever I undertake anything, um, I go through it thoroughly, top to bottom, look for all the hidden holes, try to pike the poke holes, try to find the opportunity. So once you when you approach things that way, um, you see things, um, right? If on the tax side, most accountants don't look at tax code, right? So I read tax code regulations, revenue rulings, case law, um, and there's a, a tremendous amount of effort and depth uh, in that. And if that's what you enjoy, it does let you see things differently. And then all of a sudden you feel like, hey, I have to share this with people and I can't lead them astray. You recognize that tax tools are not one size fits all. You see new opportunities in the tax world, and you see a lot of risk associated with so-called strategies 
that are promoted by folks out there. Um, and so that's what it is really. I think it's it's more about the scholarship and the education, uh, whereas the most of the financial world, and I'm, I'm using that term very broadly, is really about moving a product. That could be moving documents so, or moving tax returns or moving insurance policies. Um, there is a bit of a trade-off uh, between doing kind of this volume, you, getting that scalability by selling a product um, as to really educating yourself and educating your clients. So as you've worked with clients and you've educated them, what are the some of the things that you see? What's some of the impact in their life of what you're doing? How are you influencing their lives? So I love the clarity and confidence that they feel. I especially love when there is an aha moment, when all of a sudden, you know, somebody, all of a sudden they see the light and you see that they feel, they have this feeling um, of now things are crystal clear for them and they know what they have to do. They've removed the murkiness and they truly feel empowered and like they have direction. And the stuff about financial, uh, really what money and financial stuff, it's not an they're not an end um, in and of themselves, despite what a lot of stuff out there may make you lead you to believe, right? What most folks really want is clarity, confidence, direction, and to feel good. And money, which can be a tool for that. And when with money, I don't necessarily mean having huge amounts of it, but the extent that money does contribute, money is a factor. It can either it influences have adverse impacts and positive impacts, um, but sometimes the confusion and cloudiness surrounding money, um, or being susceptible to say adverse financial influences, takes a toll on people. It's not something acute, but it's there. It's in the subconscious, and it's something people to carry with them, and that's very detrimental. And so, getting clarity um, is not just about okay, it means you're going to have more money and more wealth, right? It means also you're going to have greater peace of mind. It just means your entire being and persona is different and is impacted favorably. So as you've you've worked in the financial industry and as you've grown your business, you've attained a certain amount of influence along the way. How are you using that influence and how do you plan to grow that and impact people in the future? So that as that influence has grown, um, what has happened is, as we discussed, you reach kind of a certain point at which um, your bandwidth is no longer, you can no longer interact um, in kind of that one-to-one way. Uh, so we've been moving towards trying to spread that impact using tools that enable ratios that are go way beyond one-to-one. Um, and the impact that we can have, you know, working with folks one-on-one um, is very rewarding. Uh, but it's what we realize is if we really want to change things, uh, we have to be able to influence the way hundreds of thousands of people think um, and give them the tools so that they can do things on their own. That's the greatest form of empowerment 
and that is our mission, to reach as many people as possible and gradually uh, kind of flip this rock. It's not, this is completely contrary to anything that's out there. I know it sounds a bit uh, big statement, but I actually held off a couple of years before launching uh, some of the stuff because I couldn't believe, I felt that maybe there were other ways to get to the same place. Uh, and I really see consistently that there's no way around it. One of the first projects that I took that I that I launched was something using retirement accounts uh, for the use of alternative investments, kind of moving away from the traditional space. And I was very excited about it because I felt that all right, we're putting we're empowering people here. But then I also saw that even though you move away from this. You know, traditional financial advisor, Wall Street industry, um, into real estate and other alternatives. Human beings are human beings, regardless in the milieu in which they are. And ultimately, wherever you turn, uh, people need to be empowered. And for the most part, folks are not really, you know, everybody has the one thing they want to sell to you. They may package it in lots of education. But for the most part, it's not really about taking, putting you in the driver's seat um, and giving you that comprehensive and integrated overview so you can take charge and feel that clarity and confidence that comes along with having kind of everything in its proper place. Well, you've certainly given us much to think about today, Bernard. Where can we find you online? One way to do it is just Google Bernard Reese or Reesher Financial. Um, should lead to lots of content. Hopefully, you'll like it. Um, and whether you like it or you don't, please let me know. And one thing that we, you know, that we think we're using to provide value and truly provide it freely. And yes, there are there is a paid side to this, as we spoke about. But we provide incredible value. Um, is in our membership site which is members.resurefinancial.com. Well, thank you so much for opening up our minds and giving us another way to look at our financial future and another way to approach taking care of ourselves and our finances. I appreciate your time and your insights today. Sandy, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.